Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex in the City podcast, where we dive into every episode of Sex in the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that, I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm doing... I don't know, actually. How yeah, this has you? been a rough start to the morning. Oh, my God. Simply I, trying to get on this mic. You've got different applications the, going. It's been such a fucking whirlwind, like, the last, like, week. It, everyone always has, like... The time between Christmas and New Year's is like a shit show. And it's like it, that. But also this week for me is like a little chaotic. Yeah, I did not get as much done as I. OK, hold on. I, I did nothing as I typically do during that week. But I usually achieve like new content watching. Mm. I, I've read books. I've cultured myself. I didn't do a goddamn thing. You deserve that, though. I sat in the same spot watching Grey's Anatomy for the greater part of 12 days. (laughs) (laughs) To close out the year. I was up north. I was, like, living my best wilderness life. And by wilderness, I mean staying in a beautiful hotel and not doing anything. It was lovely. Yeah, it was a really great end of a shit year. You know, 2022 was so fucking weird. Like, there were highs, and there were definitely lows, and then there was just, like, a lot of weirdness. I don't think I had one high, personally, professionally, Especially? sexually, spiritually, Spe- financially. Yeah. It was, no, we- I had some highs. That's good. We got both canceled and picked up. We were canceled and I renewed. I love that. Yeah. Um, Like... Much like Sex in the City, I don't, although it was never canceled, but we were brought back to life, revived a new chapter at heard at. Yeah, that was a professional high. Are you a resolution girl? I'm. I support people who have resolutions. I I'm more focused on like the vibe. Like you have a mood I board. I think isn't that? Oh, a resolution? I always do a vision board. Yeah, but isn't that basically a resolution? Um, that's more of just like manifesting. Resolutions Isn't that are what like, a resolution is? No, no, no. I don't think. When I think of resolutions, I think like going to the gym. What is on your mood board? I feel like it's going to say have a better body. And isn't that just the same thing? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, you're right. I know your ass. I feel like there's a picture of like Emma Stone on there. Like, I will get this. Um, Emma Stone. <laughs> Sorry, I said I barely slept. I ended up watching a La La Land clip late at night. <laughs> I, I tell hate you, that movie. I saw that movie like four times in theaters. I was obsessed. I know a certain it really hit for a certain subsect of of the Harrys. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Po- to put it, it really did. I was so obsessed with it. I actually, I, it actually was the catalyst to me dumping my boyfriend. Is that what that movie's about? No, but it's about like. He wasn't Ryan Gosling he, enough for you. He wouldn't sit yeah, at the piano like and he, strum serious. He really wasn't. He was. He. We left the theater. I wanted to talk about the movie, and he pulled out his phone and started playing Clash of Clans. And I was Excuse so me? fucking mad at him because I hated him. Nice guy. Just I hated him, and I threw the phone. <laughs> well, I have a similar a bit of rage. Um, breakup story after leaving a movie, but it was a bit of a different film. It was it was uh, that Meryl Streep, Tommy Lee Jones movie about them as like elderly people going to a sex therapist. 
<laughs> why did that make you break hope up? Hope Springs, I believe it was called. Or... Why did that make you guys break up? I don't know. I think we just saw ourselves in those two and we were like, we can't do this for as long as they did. And uh, we broke up that night and I did have to move out. <laughs> so okay. it was like we left that movie. I had to pack my bags and go live on a friend's couch for a few I weeks. I threw was... someone's phone at them. Oh, like but... I was incensed over this. Yeah, I mean, because it was pack... again, it was one of those things where it was like he would never like support me in my dreams. Like, and your dream was la la sitting land? here with you. Hold on, I'm trying to. Oh yes, it was called Hope Springs. <laughs> so you had La La Land, I had Hope Springs, yeah. and we tell had no us, love. Write us, tell us who. Like, what movie made you and your significant other break up? I'm sure most people are going to say, like, Marriage Story. Like, Oh, my God. Marriage (laughs) Story? If you dated someone, if you were dating someone, and you sat down and watched that movie together, there is no fucking chance in hell that you're still together. I hated that movie, too. It was so stressful. Like, I had to to stop watching it. Laura Dern doing a lot of hand acting. Oh, she's always doing it. I love and, it. And ordering salads. Yeah. Like, girlfriend, always... we are going to get him. I'm like, we're giving her an Oscar for this. Yes. I I'll can't remember whose Oscar, Oscar she stole, but God. maybe Florence Pugh's and Little Women. I don't remember. Yeah. Do you but... know Florence Pugh is 27? I think I did know that. Does that to seem me. too young for you? No, I mean, I just remember when she was like 22 and she started dating Zach Braff and I was so sick over that. So great. That was five years ago. No, but that's the thing. Like, I forgot that that was five years ago. That felt like it was lit. I felt like it like literally just happened. Well, they were together for a while. I know, but like, I don't know time and space. It's Have all you confusing. seen photos of his New York City apartment? It is one of the ugliest things I've ever uh, seen. That's not shocking. I hated Scrubs. Loved Cougar Town. Oh, hated Ted Lasso. Oh, okay. What does he have to do with that? Well, it's though all three of those shows are by the same man. Oh, they are. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Rubs and Ted Lasso. Yeah, you know what's funny? I cottoned that that Uh. man would probably say Zach Braff was just as likable because, first of all, I didn't find Ted Lasso very likable. Is this a Ted Lasso puck? Are we less? The lassies. We're lassies. I'm a lassie. I'm not a lassie. I'm not a lasso. I'm. <laughs> You're a last no. Absolutely. Do you have <laughs> any resolutions for this podcast? What are we manifesting for the shorties? That for we short just comings? stay on the air. Yeah, I would like a full one full. Actually, we haven't quite achieved that yet, have we? One full mm, year. We haven't. <laughs> Hopefully, this is the one. Fingers crossed. Hopefully we make it to our anniversary because didn't we get canceled like one week before we were supposed before, to get one year? It was like it was like a month and a half before. Yeah. So let's let's hope and pray that we can make it up. to July 8th. I think that's yeah, it. That would be really nice. I don't have any except for just more love from the shorties. Oh, well, I'm going to start that sub stack. Yeah, oh, my God. Please. As like a people. writing, uh, a, a writing ritual for myself two hours a week and um i guess i have to lean on you shorties to subscribe so it's coming at some point maybe it, you know i have yet to read the first february draft. one okay to give myself some time to orient and it's just going to be like a one-year project is that a resolution yeah yeah, so see, I'm going to be a resolution. So that's my resolution for myself. 
And my resolution for all you shorties is that you subscribe. Yeah. When it becomes available to you. When it drops. <laughs> yeah. When it enters your inbox. Okay. Now, over the new oh, year. Okay. Oh, that lovely little break. I, so I think I've told you I'm in an abusive relationship with Sirius XM. Excuse me? I signed up for that And you can't service. cancel it, can you? Do you know how difficult they make it to cancel? There's no Have way to do- Have you tried to cancel Fabletics subscription? I Kate just, Hudson I, has you in their grasp. Joe, Kamala, do something about this. If I want to unsubscribe to something, there should be a big-ass button on the uh-huh. internet somewhere. This is like you have to call five different numbers and wait oh, on I know. hold. And so now I'm just waiting out like, my credit card. And they're like, are you sure? Notes. And I'm yeah. like... <sighs> I'm basically currently waiting for my credit card to expire, but then I feel somehow they get the new number. I feel like they send me a You got email. it. You got it canceled. You got it canceled. I feel like they send me a nondescript email that's just like update your credit card and I'm like, "Oh, Were okay, you yeah, sure I'll to do serious? that." No. Oh, okay. No, but I do. I listen to it for Smith Sisters Live on Radio Andy. Love mm. them. Um so I was listening to that over because, you know, I've got a use it it's 10.99 a month yeah you might as well and i love those girls they're wonderful i can't figure out how to get to other uh, shows i only know how radio andy no i only know how to get to the one i have saved oh okay because bevelations is great i i and i love betty smith i read her book immediately Mm. attended several zooms of on her virtual book tour i'm obsessed with her I wish she'd come on this podcast and I wish she wasn't in just like that. Oh God, what I'd give. But I was listening to Smith Sisters Live and it transitioned over to a little interview with Sarah Jessica Parker and Andy and they were hawking her shoes, which are beautiful and lovely. But then he asked a question that had me shaken. What? He asked her, is Carrie smoking in season two of In Just Like That? And she said simply, no, she's been reformed. And Sam, that has me no, really worried. Yeah, does it make you nervous? You know who. I know. It's coming in like a fucking wrecking ball to ruin my 2023. Oh my God. No, that made me really scared. The use of the word reformed and Aiden. Yikes. In the... Oh God. This just isn't good. It's not. I'm really worried. I'm really concerned for our girl. I need her smoking. I need her smoking with Seema. Is Seema going to be reformed? I bet Aiden's going to be like, Seema, you shouldn't be smoking. And I hope she slaps him. <laughs> I hope she burns him with a cigarette. I hate <laughs> him. Did I ever tell you once a homeless man tried to put a cigarette out on me? <laughs> what do you mean? He just like came after me like, hey, come here. Like, and he was like trying to like, put it out on me. I was like, ah. Oh my God. Well, I'm glad that you Quite survived concerning. that attack. So... Guys, I need us to manifest. Okay, again, another resolution. We're going to manifest that the, and just like that, writers don't do this to us. Yeah. That Aiden Shaw comes back for a scene with Steve, and that's it. But I fear, I fear he's coming for a girl. And one thing I'll say is, I don't, have we even seen him on set? Who, Aiden? Yeah. Or Steve? Uh, We haven't. I feel like they're doing a lot of interior shoots right now. Like, we're not getting them on the ground Mm-mm. in the way I thought. We got a little. We got a little, and then we got nothing. When are they going to finish? Probably. I, I need them to hurry the fuck up. I'm I sick know of these shows. It's coming out this summer. 
And people are like, oh, because I posted that, my idea about Adam Pally joining Mm -hmm. and just like that as brother or nephew of Harry and driving Charlotte crazy. And people are like, oh, what a great storyline for season three. I was like, sweetie, I don't think we're getting to season three. HBO Max is like going to go up in smoke. Yeah, they're not going to be around much longer. HBO Max is literally just going to like fly off of the screen. Literally, the icon's just going to fly, float off the screen and out the window. Mm-hmm. So, And it doesn't make any fucking sense because they have some of the best programming, some of the most watched shows. I'm like, how are you guys managing this? Like, I so guess poorly. just simply not having commercials is difficult like that is where all the, wait like i think netflix <laughs> basically makes zero money what yeah like netflix isn't a profitable <gasps> did you business. read that netflix is gonna have people stop sharing their passwords i feel like they've been trying to crack down on that for years and they're I never know. gonna figure it out <laughs> they need I to know. give up the goat okay. on that chris we gotta get into sex and the city oh that's true <laughs> we're like talking about streaming services we got up we're like that. uh i was looking at hulu's business practices <laughs> uh bob Iger. oh um, uh, bobby Iger's back as kim kardashian once said he's here and he's perfect yeah the sexiest ceo in my opinion bobby Iger. What episode are we covering today? We're covering my favorite episode ah, of yes. the entire franchise. Well, it wouldn't be us if we didn't start out the new year in a chaotic manner. Manic. So today we are covering season four, episode eight, My Motherboard Myself. And let's get into the episode with a little Please. synopsis. Carrie's computer crashes, Miranda mm-hmm. loses her mother, Samantha can't find her orgasm, and Charlotte is basically just out here fighting with florists. Uh, just as I want her to be. So I love her as this. This is a really strange episode. <laughs> it's about grief, but also vulnerability mm-hmm. and support. I thought, like, just who's that woman who's like the Nancy Grace of wellness? Um, you know, the pioneer like, the woman? South? The pioneer, Paula Dean? No. <laughs> like, she's like um, vulnerability. You know. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh my God. If my friend Brie ever listens to this. She's going to shoot me in the foot. She loves this woman. She's always talking about vulnerability. She's got like 18 podcasts and she's Southern. What? Hold on. Let's take it to the boards. Google. Vulnerability. Yeah vulnerability Woman, southern <laughs> self-care god damn it this is like 18 different like goop articles vulnerability podcast R- a radical vulnerability do you not know what does I'm this talking- woman exist it doesn't you sound really like have it. no idea what i'm talking about All right, this is not important. Maybe it'll come to me later. And I feel like everyone is screaming at me. Oh, Hold on. for I'm gonna, sure. I'm going to start this TED Talk because I think this is her. I hope no one can hear this. Ruby's like slithering into my room like, like Wendy. Oh my God, Sam. How do you not know about this woman? I've She's like Glennon Doyle. Glennon Doyle? Who are you talking about? <laughs> Do you not know who I'm talking about? No. All right. Let's just get. He doesn't exist. (laughs) This person is not real. Vulnerability. 
woman. Podcast. While you're doing this, Ruby, come here. Jump up. Brene Brown. Oh my, that's the person you're talking about? (laughs) You don't know. (laughs) Yes. That was the longest route to get to Brene Brown. Oh my God. And you know what, Cam? Leave it all in. And I have Paula Dean. Well, because you said Southern woman and I was like, Paula Dean? <laughs> so yeah, I anyway. just, this episode's about vulnerability and support. I was thinking mm-hmm. Brene Brown, the whole, I was thinking of her fondly the whole time. Mm-mm. Okay. So, uh, this is clearly a classic episode of Sex and the City, but I really, in re-watching it a few times, because we mm-hmm. were, our schedules could didn't align uh, for a bit. <laughs> yeah. So I've now seen this episode way too many times and if like around the 15th time I've started to see some cracks. I can't wait to hear them. So let's hear the monologue and then get into this episode. After all, computers crash, people die, relationships fall apart. The best we can do is breathe and reboot. And when that fails, A little gizmo called a zip drive can provide a surprising amount of comfort. So can a boyfriend. If you can learn to let him. Well, that was a great monologue. Great, beautiful. Actually, I have to say, one of the things I found really odd about this episode is is that there isn't a traditional monologue in the middle of the episode Mm -hmm. or at the beginning. The closest we kind of get to it is at the very end when Carrie's talking about rebooting and relationships failing. And right off the bat, I want to say, I think it is disrespectful of Carrie to equate her computer dying to Miranda's mother's dying in her in her column like if i read that and i was miranda the way i would literally stomp would, over to that woman's oh home and God. murder her <laughs> i would be i would go crazy you're right it's that's a insane that's a crack and that i can understand d- definitely and one i would have really enjoyed in this episode is it, if there was no voiceover because mm. Carrie's computer, like after her computer breaks and until the end, we didn't hear. And then Charlotte, da 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 da. I'm like, no, she's not writing this week because her computer's mm-hmm. broken. So let's get rid of that. It felt like the show didn't feel self assured enough to not to trust getting us there around. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I believe it's in the finale, the two-part finale, that there is no voiceover until the very mm-hmm. end because the column is no longer a part of her life. Right. But I would have appreciated had we just done that in this for this one brief moment. Yeah. Let's start with um Charlotte. <laughs> okay. This, you guys, for those listening... There are some times when I watch this show where I'm like, wow, like that is so me. And then there are times when I say, whoa, this is Chris to a T. I've written here no less than 17 times. Wow, Charlotte is me when I'm talking to a florist. (laughs) I'm not sure if we've ever told um, the story of my birthday flowers on this podcast 
but I would love to retell it just well, because you of this seem to be story. having quite a crisis what I don't know you called me and you were in a complete crisis the day before your birthday I feel like you were like on the bathroom floor screaming you had a sty you were like really down bad and so I was like well I was gonna order her these flowers so I think I had already ordered them to be delivered and so I yeah, called and but was you like were hey like- she needs them she needs them like you Today. were like Let's- so I get this call and normally like with phone numbers I don't recognize I don't answer and then they kept calling and I was like and it was a Detroit number so I was like that's really kind of weird so I answer finally and the guy's like hi is this Samantha and I go yes it is and he goes okay we are delivering flowers to you today and I said oh that's lovely and he was just like will you be home to accept them and I was like yes he goes no 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 I need to know if I will like literally he was like I need to know that we are handing them directly to you and not through a third party like concierge type of person and I was like he sounded terrified this man he was like he asked me no less than five times if I was for sure going to get them and I said yeah like calm down so they arrive and I go downstairs because they call me and they're like we're here we're here I go downstairs. I walk down to the biggest bouquet of flowers. It was like a tree. It was, it was huge. And I call Chris, thank him for the flowers. And I was like, you know, the, the florist sounded kind of like on edge. And he's like, Sam. I've been on the phone with that florist <laughs> all morning. All morning. <laughs> I've been on the phone with the florist shop. I've been, we had been trading pictures. I had said like, no, yeah. we need to add a little more over there. Take away from over there. I said, I didn't want to see a rose in that thing at all. Guess what? There wasn't a single rose. It was quite literally the most beautiful bouquet of flowers I've ever gotten. And because I like, don't know these the, Detroit florists. So I had to really, just you know. fear in this man's voice. He was like, will you be there? Well, I'm not and sure I, I ever like, told you that I had had the florist give me his personal cell phone number. And I spoke directly to the, the delivery driver. Because <laughs> I said, look, I don't know. She's, I don't know if she's coming or going, but she's right. got to get those flowers today. I was like, I want to be at the top of the route, sir. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were delivered at like 9 a.m., it was, it was like me. It was like, have you ever seen Almost Famous? Yeah. There's a line where Frances McDormand's <laughs> character says, "You will meet the other. If you don't do this, you will meet the. You will meet the voice on the other side of this phone." And I feel like that was the energy I was bringing. To you that were like, giving I energy. will get on a Delta flight. Yeah, and I'll fly there and deliver them myself. And that city will burn. If, yeah. <laughs> if I see one rose in that arrangement, and it arrives any less than nine oh one, it was so. But so in this episode with Charlotte, she's obviously there's a scene where she's at a florist and it just was like so Chris. It was so funny. I arrived for last year for her birthday. I got my friend Kirsten. Her birthday's coming up in January and I got her uh, winter white floor, a floor, winter white floral arrangement. And I showed up and everything wasn't pristine white. And I had that moment of like, no, get it out of there. You're just a, you know what you want. It's got to be beautiful. And I've got a florist in multiple cities now. To have a Detroit and Grand Rapids florist is a wild. That's really (laughs) fucking wild, actually. To be known around the city. People come a shaking. To know around the the mitten state. The what? It's shaped (laughs) like a mitten. Oh, it's like, huh? I mean, I know it's cold there, but. Yeah. (laughs) Really hanging your hat on something you guys want to change. No. (laughs) So uh, that's really all. Charlotte is me. 
yeah he ends up the arrangement is so gaudy and hideous and this is where you do have to be careful like you've gotta like toe the line and please and that's why i'm not afraid to say like send me a photo of the arrangement before you well they couldn't do that this is 1999 yeah i'm sure charlotte's getting up to some stuff like i am now like email me on the side shoot it to me at a text oh my god charlotte's like you are not sending anything out until i see a photo but it was quite gaudy it was hideous and she so was really, mortified her whole storyline is basically she's just me <laughs> scene, the scene of her she's like what did she say the word for word where she was like i'm it, the bouquet was supposed to say i'm sorry you know your mother passed not your dad i'm sorry let's, let's celebrate let's disco let's yeah. disco i'm you're dead let's disco <laughs> Yeah, Kristen uh, Davis, so comedy queen. She really is. Speaking of delivers. comedy queens, let's get into um my least favorite part of this episode, Samantha. <sighs> Samantha, Samantha, Samantha. Actually, what she's not my least favorite part of this episode. Eight I shots was gonna in this say, episode. Yeah, Caden's yeah. very. So forefront. she's dating old Nick. What'd you think of Nick? Um, a short king. Yeah, like he was conventionally attractive. He was like, giving he was, body. Yeah, like he was I, fine. I didn't care for them in those blue wrestling suits, just like hopping around. It was making me yeah. like <laughs> the way that they were like bouncing together. Oh, where were they? Have you ever seen like that photo of like the frogs dancing and there's like the three of them, they're going in the circle? You're always talking about frogs. I... Michigan J frog, that Pepe. Oh my god. <laughs> Never not. Never not. Um, yeah, no, I've never seen. It's that. like they're just always like, I just hated that when they're bouncing together and they're. But like, I just didn't understand. Bodies like, are his, slamming. Did he cut a hole for his dick? Because we saw him full body and it wasn't out. I would throw up if I saw the wrestling singer with I, just his dick in, through a hole. I just didn't understand the mechanics oh my of what God. they were doing I would, there. I would. Th- I would. <laughs> But they're having a great time. It also looked oh like Samantha's God. apartment, but did they move the bed? I was very confused. Well, her bed's on wheels. Yeah, but where did they move it? <laughs> I don't know. I can't I ever know. get ha- make heads or tails of her uh, floor plan. No. So she doesn't take the news about Miranda's mom very well. And mm-hmm. then we find out she's lost her orgasm in a classic Sex in the City scene. So let's hear that and then finish her up i lost my orgasm in the cab what do you mean lost i mean i just spent the last two hours fucking with no finale it happens sometimes you just can't get there i can always get there every time you have sex she's exaggerating please say you're exaggerating well i'll admit i have had to polish myself off once or twice but yes when i rsvp to a party i make it my business to come See, I've been a no-show on more than one occasion. Sex can still be great without an orgasm. Oh, that is such a crock of shit. She has a point. What's wrong with me? Listen, you've got plenty of orgasms under your belt. You're gonna be fine. Now let's retrace your steps. Okay. Were you on top? Well, how is that relevant? You mean you can have them on the bottom? Top, bottom, upside down. All right, now you're just showing off. I'm asking for help. Sweetie, 
I'm sure it will pop up when you least expect it, like jury duty. Unless... What? I read this article about a woman who's having orgasms round the clock. Uh-huh. And then, boom, orgasms stopped for good. It was like she had used them all up for something. That's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. Okay, so okay. <laughs> her orgasms lost. Now, I did Google this, and I didn't find that this can happen. I don't think you can lose it, but you definitely can go through ups and downs. You can, physio- just physiologically. Yeah, and like mentally. Sometimes you just have a mental block, and you just can't get there. This we is get what it. happens. But I, again, you know... I related to her so much in the sense of like how she reacted to death. Like I'm also weird about it. So, okay. So let's kind of take it at a more macro global level than the story. And then maybe we can get granular. I don't believe that this would be Samantha's reaction to death. I find this story to be very trite. Like the Mm -hmm. idea that, oh, Samantha's cold. Samantha's like emotionally cold. That just doesn't seem true to me to who she is as a person. We saw this woman not four or five episodes ago crying, ready to clock big in a restaurant for simply showing up in defense of her friend. Like I didn't just, read her as being cold. Oh, really? I, I think that's kind of the point of the storyline is she is lacking access to her emotions. I like yes I know that but like it didn't feel cold it just felt like she just doesn't know how to like react to death and like she's just not able to get there uh, yeah but I, I, I never felt coldness from her she just doesn't like I don't know I can't describe it I guess I, maybe I she get... was being cold and I'm a cold bitch too yeah no I just and maybe you are um but I always found it to I have always found this storyline to be so moving in the past that the moment at the funeral when she finally breaks down and says, I'm sorry, and they I have know. that wordless moment. And uh, oh God, Cynthia Nixon and Kim Cattrall do such good work there. But I just find it to be kind of a first beat of an idea. Like, oh, Samantha is like crazy about sex but and a passionate person. But what if she was kind of not able to deal with her emotions? Right. It kind of reduces her to this, almost sending me back to that, tr- I was going to say the first Truman episode, Capote, honestly. But Capote Duncan, this reductive idea of who she is, mm-hmm. that she can't contain multitudes. Mm-hmm. And I feel that Samantha is actually the most in touch with her if anyone this storyline would make sense to me would be miranda it would feel more emotionally true if we saw charlotte's mom die and miranda was very methodical and Mm -hmm. like great we're going i purchased us like and didn't necessarily want to cry Mm -hmm. and then finally broke down but samantha to me seems someone who's wholly in touch with her emotional life She's the only one who I don't, doesn't need therapy. You don't think Samantha needs therapy? No, I think she kind of has a true, a self-assured sense of who she is and what she wants. Yeah, but we're supposed to be made to think like just because she's this like sexual person that she just doesn't have. That the re- and right, right, she's focused on sex and can't con- connect with her emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think she just like sex and is a floozy in the best sense of the word yeah and we mean that in the highest compliment yeah 
Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the masturbation montage and um, the ending on the toothbrush. Well, also them when she's like, I, I'm able to orgasm every time. And they're like, every time. No, can I, uh, and I feel like my new catchphrase on this podcast is like, as a, someone who's never had heterosexual sex. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> they seemingly are both, Carrie and Sharshar are super like, sure that you need to be on top to have sex is that a thing or to have an orgasm is that just an easier way to get there yeah yeah it's an easier way to get there for sure yeah and honestly straight men are lazy no it's like i don't want to get into this but we will basic clitoral placement like a nat Clitoral placement? It's 9.45 a.m. I know. It's like too much. So it's like, usually it's just like the, like the position Hell, I don't of care it. for what you're doing with your hands. It looks like you're starting yeah. to ready to start a fire. <laughs> no, it's like. It's, Trying to warm okay. up in the mitten state. It's like the position um, and like the anatomy, the way things are, are I was great, but not for Samantha. She's she said up, down, around. When he was like, I don't even know how to explain the way he was placed in their last position. Her legs are up, kind of askew, and he's propped his body up. But see, that's the thing. In my opinion, when you start going into those strange positions, it's like it's not going to work. I just don't think that. I just think think it takes you out of the moment. I think moves like that take you totally out of the moment, and then you lose it. Do you know what my favorite crazy Samantha sex moment is? Remember, there's like a sex montage of her and Smith, and it cuts to them, and they're like they've like put the chair on the bed and and like what are the mechanics of that no it's the first time that they have sex i think yeah but it's like okay we're going to move the couch we're going to move that chair on on the the bed bed. Mm -hmm. like i love this woman i love this woman she's crazy i love her um the last thing before we move on to miranda and carrie i do like the layering of and just like that here that perhaps we see she still can't really negotiate and navigate death and kim cattrall certainly wasn't available to be in and just like that Mm -hmm. but at least in terms of character consistency that all she could do when big passes away is send flowers and there's such a conversation about flowers here and then the beautiful flowers she sends with just a very simple note. Yes, they're in this argument, but at least even if I don't like it, there's a certain character consistency there that she can't quite engage and be there for someone who's in grief surrounding death. Because she's certainly there for Carrie when she is grieving the loss of her relationship yeah. in the first movie. I mean, the woman feeds her. This is what I mean. She's not an unsupportive person. No, and she literally, I mean, we saw that with the affair. Where I she know, was I like, just don't believe, I just don't, this is not my Samantha. It's the first time watching this Sammy episode Joe. I felt this way. Wow. Okay, you know. But you liked it. I love this episode. It just, there were so many parts where it really made me laugh. Like, I just think I just think I it's did so funny when she answered the when she picks up the phone and calls Nick and she goes, "Want to wrestle?" It's like this woman can take fucking shit off the street and turn it into gold. Literally, like the lines that she's given, she transforms them. Never forget Lawrence of Mylabia. 
Never forget it. Never forget it. Never. Let's let's get into Miranda. And this is so heartbreaking. It's really sad. Because Carrie has called Miranda and is bitching about her fucking computer as if she's the first person in the world whose computer's ever gone through issues. Mercury's definitely a retrograde in this episode. Yeah. Much like us trying to start this recording, actually. Truly, we were fighting for our lives. (laughs) We had sad Max. We we were almost sad Max. Um, Oh my. But we find out that Miranda's in Philadelphia because her mom had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And we meet Miranda's sister. Now, I cannot remember her name. Oh, Becky, I believe, was her name. Mm-hmm. Or, but she is played by one of my favorite actresses, Becky Ann Baker, who played Hannah's mom, Lorraine Horvath, on Girls. Yes. And if you haven't revisited Girls, please, I'm I know still... Lena Dunham is a chaotic, canceled person. I understand that, but I love Girls so much. And there's an episode towards the end of that show, I believe it is called Gummies where Lorraine visits and gets high off too many gummies and takes a trip around the city. And it is some of the best acting I've ever seen. I love Becky Ann Baker and I really need her back in and just like that. I like, I'd love Che to go visit like Che and Miranda to go visit Becky Ann Baker in Philly on the comedy tour. I would love that. I would love, and I always get really excited to see like their, these women's families. Because we really never, ever do. We meet Charlotte's brother. Uh, what was see... his name? Winston? No. Wesley. 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 Close. I of Wesley Winston. and Nesley. Yeah. And did they work at Le- Nesley? <laughs> the fact um, that they haven't killed Carrie. <laughs> the fact you haven't killed me. <laughs> I'm from, uh, you if we lived in away. the same city, so... you would be, I would be dead. Found be dead. 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 <laughs> Much but... like Miranda's mom. Oh, very Sorry. sad, very I sad, know. but Miranda handles it exactly how I thought that she would. Consistency. She get, tells the girls to take the train, and then we meet an icon named Lucille. Yeah. Now, Lucille is a woman for the ages. She is batshit insane the way she was behaving. Did you like Lucille? I, you know... Having never bought a bra, I couldn't imagine anyone behaving like this. I I don't think women acted like that, like at Victoria's Secret, but like this gives like small town brazier store in Philadelphia. But she was at Sears. I think she was at like a normal store. She wasn't oh. at a boutique like bra oh. store. I could see if she went to like I don't know. I mean, Bralicious feels... or Bra La La or whatever the fuck it's called. This Bra La La. My, um, no, she just d- reminds me of people that I feel like are like when I think of people that live in Philly, I feel like that's. Apologies oh, yeah. to any of our Philadelphia. Why? Listeners. I think she's a, a kind hearted woman. Okay. <laughs> Well, She's a persistent I'll keep my theme. thoughts on Philly actually to myself. Low energy. You know, I did have to go there to get a passport. One of the worst places that was in America. Really traumatic. But I did see the Liberty Bell. And did you see the sign next to it that's like, this bell is one of many bells that might have been rung and broken on a day in the past? You know, it's... the thing about the East Coast, I just have to say this really quick. Uh-uh. I'm always amazed at like the how much history is like preserved there. Well, do you know and then how it will this be like, country started? No, well, listen, like, and then, and then there's like a Chipotle. 
Oh yeah. Like across the street. It's like really jarring. Cause I was in Philadelphia and I'm standing there and I'm looking at these, like what was it's like, here's where the constitution like was written. slave quarters. And yeah. across the street is like a Starbucks. I'm like, what's And by on? the way, that Starbucks used to be slave quarters. Yeah. I'm like, what's happening here? That is the history of this country. You just it's never quite really from a slave crazy. quarter. It's really crazy. <laughs> anyway. But I loved Lucille. And even though this story is kind of, right, it's very on the nose. This idea that this woman would represent her mom. It's not incredibly nuanced. And look, it's more nuanced than my pitch for Adam Pallion than just like that. Um, But if we can have Lucille, why can't we have Adam? But I think both of those actors do such great work. And I swear I've seen that woman in like 1 million episodes of everything. Mm -hmm. And I just think Cynthia Nixon is so great. An actress. And you really do just drop into like, oh, that is exactly what her relationship with her mom was like. Mm -hmm. And you can see or why Miranda has so many walls. Like if she her, she was raised by this overbearing mother who required Miranda to create boundaries, like saying mm-hmm. you cannot, I mean, I can't imagine. And again, maybe this is like a male thing. I can't imagine my mother entering while I was changing. Yeah, that's like feels very lot. invasive. That's because they, like, here's the thing. But I guess somebody my has to teach you are... to put on a bra. Well, my mom and I are so close, but, like, she never taught me how to, like, put a bra on. Well, maybe that's why you don't wear them, other than when you're having sex. I don't wear them. <laughs> Sometimes I do, if I like it. Um, And also, you know what I was thinking about this? Is the thing about bras is, like, they make your boobs usually look really good. So, like, Maybe that's why all just... these women are having sex in bras on this because show. Because they're lifted. Sometimes... Sometimes when you're like, you don't want them drooping. I think just let them swing. Balls are drooping. Why can't um? It, they feel different, I think, than balls. You wouldn't know, nor would I. Yeah. So then we get to the funeral, <laughs> and I'm obsessed with this minister. Oh, the one that fucks everything up. <laughs> yes. Okay. If, if I was Miranda, I would have buried myself into the annals of that like church never mm-hmm. to be seen again if she missed if i was mistaken for my brother's wife twice it's horrible he's doing a terrible job he got the name wrong like he's getting everything wrong it's giving sleepy time it's bad it's really bad. i would freak out i would freak the fuck out uh if someone did that to my mother's fu- at my, at my mother's funeral one th- another, just to go back to the bra scene, it did remind me of Lorelai's freak out when she's trying to pick out clothes for Gran. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's just something about having to go pick out clothing before a funeral. I mean, I get th- I also don't know why Miranda needed a new bra. Because if you're wearing black, why do you need a black bra? So it doesn't show? But it's black clothes. I don't. Think I don't know. Yeah, didn't see it. what she was wearing later. If she'd had a purple bra on, it would have. It mattered. really wouldn't have mattered. If you she's not no Carrie's, just breasts out constantly. Always got a titty out. Um, but then we have the moment in the episode where I did lose my shouldn't cry, and it's when Miranda is walking down the aisle, and mm-hmm. Carrie stands and walks with her because she shared earlier that she. 
has really chosen to walk down the aisle alone. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think it's so symbolic of the love for one another. But I also was just thinking about this show is such a kind of meditation on being single that Mm -hmm. for the first time Miranda is in a church doing that walking down the aisle for it to be a funeral and then for her to be carried by Carrie is so lovely and wonderful and I cried it's really beautiful it really is but then it was undercut by two men showing up who got themselves on the Acela train Tweedledee and Tweedledum (laughs) those those Now, the only thing that they I would have like, loved... They are like Timon and Pumbaa. Like, I cannot stand them. <laughs> just sitting in the back row, tongues just out, like, wasting Yeah, wagging. Wagging their tongues. Just disgusting. Like, the way I that Aiden Steve was like... Had, I wish Steve had been in his yellow suit. That was the... That I, mustard? I think it would have been a nice callback because that man still doesn't have any money for his suit. He's got nothing. He put it all into Scout. So I just thought I, I understood it as a sweet moment, but they were just like the last two people I wanted to see. And I felt like it took the beat away from Carrie. Like I was like so emotional, crying. Carrie is there with Miranda. Mm-hmm. Then my eyes were dry as hell when the camera cut to those two. I needed some visine. It was really moving. disgusting. <laughs> Well, speaking of disgusting, let's get into Carrie and Aiden. Okay. I think this is, you know how we say Trey and Charlotte have like good comedic timing with each other? I think these two actors have that with each other. Girl. Sarah Jessica Parker and John Corbett. Girl? They were making me laugh. These few episodes that we'll get into over the next few weeks. Asher, Danny Pellegrino. Girl? No, I'm being serious. I think that they're fun. I think that they have funny chemistry together i think sarah jessica parker is carrying him literally on her back like a turtle do you think john corbett's a bad actor uh well seeing as how i'd love for mr corbett to join us on this podcast um no i think he is a fine dramatic actor i think as i said earlier this season i think he did some interesting choices with his um when he returns and his performance he gives there mm-hmm he is not my favorite performer when it comes to comedy. Okay. Um, I think but I think he's a good together. straight man. Oh, he's a great straight man. Like, so, right? I don't think he got a lot of laughs in my big fat Greek summer. What the fuck? Is well, that he wasn't called? funny in that. My big fat Greek summer? No. My big fat Greek wedding? Wedding. It's like, what the? Maybe a fat Greek summer. Look, I watched Honestly, Ed. make that movie. I watched it. I think they are. Maybe, no, there's no. Like I think they're working one. on a third one, and they're going to Greece. I think they're going to summer in Greece. Oh, did I make wow. this up? Was that a fever dream? Watched every episode of that sitcom. Oh God! Um, uh, the, remember and Joey look, Fatone think, was in that movie? That was strange. And uh, Andrea Martin, my comedy queen. Uh, the oh cast God. is stacked. Stacked. The anyway, gay guy, um, love him. Anyway, let's get back on track to Sex and the City. I, I I see what you're saying, I, and I think he really tries, um, okay. much like in the upcoming episode, The Good Fight, when he really tries to get at some comedy. I think she is doing some amazing work here. Mm-hmm. So she's typing at her computer. He comes up like the bobo idiot he is and is reading her column. And she's like, can you get the fuck out of here? 
Yeah, well, that's also and listen. That is not, who Aiden is, just a gnat. Listen, I'm no like professional writer, okay? But Seems I have I will be this year. Yeah, you will. You'll be getting your fingers to the keys, but that when you're writing something you do not want anyone reading it until it's finished like i I prefer it never to be read like the fact that he's standing over her shoulder i would literally slap danny across the face she he's just so annoying that's but they have it really well though yeah and well they say they're like are you a janitor well, she's got one mil. He's got one million keys. Why does he have so many doors? I don't know. Like that's not normal. Because we've also seen his apartment, and it looks kind of just like Carrie's. And the, the other thing I wanted to say is I don't think Aiden's a very good dog owner. He leaves that dog alone for hours. And like it seems overnight because I don't think Pete's coming to Carrie's apartment. If but she can, maybe if she can... maybe he gets someone to watch him. He doesn't have any friends. Maybe Steve is. Well, he always says that my landlord's son is going to take the dog out. I've never heard him say that once. Yeah, when he first spent the night. He's always saying that? Well, I, he said it once. (laughs) He said it one time when they first slept together. Ah, okay. Well, the one thing on this show you do remember is that throwaway explanation of where Pete is. I literally can't keep anything else in my brain, but that stuck with me. So her computer breaks, she gets the sad Mac, and then mm-hmm. we run to Apple Care. And Sarah Jessica Parker is a queen. Every single thing she's doing here is so fucking funny. So good. When she looked at him and said, You are mortifying me. I think like this, this these scenes make me laugh every single time I watch. But you're laughing at him when he's like, Oh, she got the bomb, not the bomb. No, it, I'm laughing like at her because she's so embarrassed and he's you know what you're right goober you're right like he is acting like a a total goober yes they they play such a good straight couple like it's almost like claire and phil dumpy at one point i'm like what well shocking you bring up claire and phil dumpy because from about the hour of 4 30 to 7 a.m this morning i was watching modern family clips i love modern family and i don't give a fuck what anyone says clive bixby is my everything you know my raven-haired king Phil Dunphy. I love it. Anyway, yeah, like when she's just like, when he's like, he's like, hang on there, sugar. Let me try to fix it for you. And she's and then he does the little, and then the Mac, and she's like, what did you do? Like, she's so mad at him. And then they go to the place and he's, he's like making jokes. And she's like, can you shut the fuck up? And then I love when he's like, when the Apple guy says you two are compatible. Yeah. And I, I wish you just said, like, look, g- give up the ghost. This is not yeah, working. Yeah, give up the ghost. Also, when Aiden was like, you don't back up. Like, Aiden, shut the fuck up. Like, you do. Also, that made me feel like, should I be doing that? Well, now everything lives in the cloud. Oh, that's true. Like, do you so type true. on Microsoft Word? Or do you use Google Drive? Docs, usually. Yeah, so, right? Or are we supposed to be backing up in there, too? I don't know. I feel Unclear. Like- Anyway. Maybe I need to buy a printer. Yeah. <laughs> Start printing stuff machine. out and file it away. <laughs> file a fax. But yeah, they were making me laugh. I'm sorry. No, I, I mean, and I was laughing And then when he gives her that too. computer. Well, hold Before we get there, because I got a lot to say about that. Okay. I want to talk about A, Carrie sleeping in a full men's shirt. 
Oh, and the yeah, she's always got something weird going on. And B, her absolutely sick reaction to him when she finds out Miranda's mom is dead and cannot get away from him fast enough. <laughs> I've never seen somebody flee a bed, slam the door, turn on water. She's like, I cannot have this man even in my physical presence. No, and all she wants to do is smoke a cigarette. And I love, I do appreciate the shot to Aiden where she real, where he, and he just put, hangs his head down because mm-hmm. he's so aware that this is just not working. Mm-hmm. But then he brings that new computer. That big blue. I would be so fucking angry if a man bought me a new computer. He goes, well, it's like a purse. And she says, well, that's a very expensive purse. And I wanted to say, Carrie, I think you've got more expensive purses than $1,200 oh, Mac. Oh, please. Like, Absolutely. You have a Judith Lieber purse. But they get into this huge fight that ultimately is all about her inability to let him in. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that fight? It's, it's just so obvious that she's the big in this situation. And that if you it's a it's a case of if she wanted to she would like if you really really like someone i feel like it's natural to just let them in and um make it make it work i also think with her she's just not she's just not able to do that because with aiden it's not working for her and i think it would be consistent if we had seen her struggle with the same things with big Mm -hmm. but we didn't now look it could be that big just wasn't very helpful (laughs) like so she didn't really have to let him in because Mm -hmm. he was happy to stand outside yeah but right we've even seen and i really do love the directorial and writing choices he's always in her domestic space and he's still like he's he's cooking oh my god oh no he came home and he was cooking a berry manilow the coca cabana i was like get that would be my literal nightmare if i came home from a day of seeing the girlies bopping around town and a man was in my kitchen cooking fajitas on a george foreman grill i would be really upset i'd be like why didn't you just order takeout what the fuck is this (laughs) get out also turn the music off like what's going on i'd be like can you go home and i I guess that is some woman's dream because but I mean, it is leading to the great episode, The Good Fight. Where you been? What you doing? Who you, like, he's always around. But I'm yes. like, why is he even in her house if she's not there? Because he, like, thinks that he lives there. He is such that guy who will... brought a bag and it's just slowly creeping shit to the left. Left. Mm-hmm. He is caring. Because didn't she try to pull that shit with Big? Yeah, that's what I mean. They completely <laughs> switched places. She's um... become. She's become the villain. I'd say the hero, but no, but I mean, like, in the sense I'm, of like, she yeah. became what she didn't, what she hated in big. Um, so him and those fucking fajitas. And I also just want to say that I think that the purchase of this computer begins his attempt to control her financially. And I don't want to hear it from you fucking shorties who are going to be like, oh, Chris, <laughs> he's being kind. He bought her, he bought what, her a computer. What do you and mean? He, well, he buying this computer. So you, that is a major purchase. It is. And Especially it's something back then, should... too, I feel like you couldn't get a cheap one. Anywhere. And she's a writer. I think that is such a personal thing mm-hmm. that she would want to be a part of. 
And I just don't think you make such a major financial decision, particularly for someone who doesn't have the same amount of wealth as you. Like I dated a guy a very long time ago when I was like tw- in my early 20s and working at a small nonprofit theater. So just and a few I, years ago. It was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I And I had like no money. Like student loans are being defaulted Two upon. Nickels. I like rent was, I basically had rent money and enough for a cheap beer. That yeah. was it things were bad and he had more money than I did and he would buy me things and it just always threw off this dynamic where I felt indebted I just don't Mm -hmm. think you it is seemingly nice but to me a form of control and look maybe this was triggering for me but then later when he is like I'll buy this apartment for you and the one next door and we can live here it's like sir be invited or have a conversation about it, not just do it or just be like, I'm going to do this. It's like, that's intense because it's like, it's a nice gesture, but there's also so much else that comes with that. Um, and look, and last I think, week I said he was physically abusive, N- not in an intense way, guys, clearly getting a bit. Clearly. But, but, and here I do think he's like, I think he's financially manipulative. I think he's just doing whatever he can to connect, to connect with her. Like and she's in like, any no. way. And she's not happy. He has it. no self-respect. No one. He ultimately doesn't know who the fuck she is. Like he has no, like he loves the idea of Carrie. Like, but I don't think he really loves who she is. And that's why she has to keep shape-shifting for him. Yeah. She's like a fucking transformer. But she's then, like not smoking. She's doing this. She's taking the dog out. She's we're sitting on leather dealing furniture. With she's dealing with Shayna, who's an icon. Wish she was in this episode. Would have made it much better. Um, oh my god. She so she decides to call him before she heads to the funeral. And one thing I wanted to note: Did you catch the name of Aiden's company? No. It is called Furniture Company. Mm-hmm. What? This is the man you all are riding for. It's just called Furniture Company? He answers the phone and says, hello, Furniture Company. Oh, now Aiden. That's... Like, if, and if you know he Steve thought that was really fucking clever. Oh, he did. He was like... I'm just oh, going to call it Furniture, furniture Company because we sell furniture. Keep it simple. Yeah. Sir, go back to Muskegee. I don't know where he's from. Suffern? that's coming so but they ultimately make up he makes some well it'll be too sad max (laughs) what is the charm of this performance for people who like him I wish I knew (laughs) you used to you know what I really did I came into this podcast like I'm an Aiden Aiden girl for life and now I'm like now you've joined the dark side with me about Petrosky. Yeah, I'm like, God, I love People him. are going to shut this podcast they off will when we get to Petrosky. Yeah, yeah. So but they make I, these shallow promises of being there for one another, no, all the while knowing they hate each other. Mm-hmm. And the episode kind of ends with her comparing Miranda's mother's death to a zip drive. Let's talk about the fashion. I think you've added quite a note here. Oh, I sure did. There is a little scene of right in the beginning when Carrie is strutting the streets and she's in a little hot pant 
a strapless top, a blazer with pinstripes, and a page boy hat. And it is a look that I just, when I think of Carrie, this is the one of the looks I think of. I love it. It's my first. It's absolutely bananas. Carrie's opening look. A hat, a halter, a hot pants, and a long coat. What's happening? Mm, What's happening? Honestly, that's what the girlies are wearing these days. I thought they all looked really beautiful at At the the funeral. Oh, Oh. at the funeral. (laughs) At the park? At the funeral, they did. Yeah. They looked great. And um, in terms of men, we had Aiden, Steve, Nick, Dimitri, and the minister. I'm going with Dimitri. Dimitri was my guy. He is the Apple Care gentleman. He was making me laugh. I thought he and Carrie had more chemistry than with Aiden. And um, I was very into him, but I think I know who you're going with. Who? Are you going with Aiden? You think I would pick Aiden in this episode? I think you weren't as annoyed with him as I was. No, I wasn't triggered. Yeah, I think um, I revealed a few you, things about myself this week. You did. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'd go with Steve. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was sweet that he came. Mr. He Bean look- himself. Yeah, I. you know, I got to throw him a bone. He does look like Mr. Bean to me. He is Mr. Bean. <laughs> All right, what are you giving this one out of 10? Um, I'm giving it a 10. Yeah, same. Even though I had some problems with it, it is a classic Sex in the City episode. And frankly, it is one that every time I watch it, I cry. And that's, so, you know, yeah. it passes the Mamma Mia 2 test in the sense that I cried, I laughed, and I was aroused. So. The trifecta. There's nothing better than that. And shorties, ask yourself about every piece of art you encounter. Did you laugh? Did you cry? And were you aroused? Mm -hmm. And if it passes those three, don't ask any other questions. Just move on. Just move on. Move it along. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week when we discuss season four, episode nine, Sex in the Country. Mm -hmm. We're going to suffering. We're going to suffering. We're going to the country with you. Oh, stop. Willow Summers. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a lot. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram and soon to be Substack. And I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram or Takers Aloft on Twitter. All right. Bye. A Huda Media Production.